Hi, my name is Brooke Archer, a qualified clinical nutritionist and naturopath who's passionate about showing people how they can live their happiest and healthiest lives. Through my business Evolve Nutrition and Naturopathy, I've helped hundreds of women, men and children listen to their bodies and elevate their health. Join me and my expert guests as we share all there is to know to evolve your health and live your best life. So get comfortable and get ready to learn. This is the Evolved Health Podcast. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Evolved Health Podcast. (laughs) This week I have been designing quite a few meal plans for clients and it got me thinking about how I love to offer this service to my clients because I can add so much individualized care with a meal plan. So I thought I would share a bit more on them. Meal planning, you either loathe it or you love it. Today I'm going to go through why you need to start doing them, how you can do it to suit your needs and some tips for you to make them stick. More than that, I'm going to take you behind the scenes of how I meal plan for my clients and the considerations that I put into it. So let's get started. You really have nothing to lose by meal planning. In a 2017 study, it was shown that individuals who plan their meals are more likely to have better dietary quality, adherence to nutritional guidelines or goals, and increased food variety. All round better health, basically. (laughs) You'd have to have been living under a rock or be off on a remote piece of land, completely self-sufficient on your own working farm, with no TV or no internet. And I mean, if you were likely doing that, then you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast. (laughs) But you'd have to be doing those things not to be aware that with the increase in the cost of living, groceries have also significantly risen. Without buying anything unusual or different, I've seen my own groceries go up by between an extra $50 to $100 a fortnight, probably easily $100 most fortnights. And I'm very good at buying just what we need, and I haven't changed things that I'm buying or stocking up on discretionary items, none of that. You can actually save some big bucks by meal planning. So if these increases are really affecting you, it can help you to buy only what you need and save money as a result. Meal planning can also be great if you want to make a conscious effort to reduce your food waste. You know those veggies that start to decompose before you've had a chance to use them? And I bet you've had plenty of chances. They just didn't get used. All those jars, cans and sauces or whatever that go out of date because you forget they were even there. Meal planning can allow you to use up what you already have. You can look at what is in the fridge, freezer, pantry and choose meals that are going to use those ingredients up before they go off. This is a great way to reduce your waste and save a little money for yourself too. Believe it or not, meal planning can actually increase your family meal time together too. 
If you are planning around your family's needs properly, then you can look at the most optimal times to eat together. This might change from day to day for some families. Consider Bobby, a fictional child I've just made up. (laughs) He has basketball on Tuesday nights, right? The games don't finish until after your family normally eat dinner. That means you won't have dinner ready to serve to the starving masses until an hour maybe later after or later than usual I should say. Not only can you plan a slow cooker meal for that night so when you do walk in the door all you have to do is serve it up but you can also prepare the whole family to know that dinner is going to be later that night and to grab a snack beforehand if needed. It's been proven that children's relationships with parents and other family members can be much more positive if engaged in family meals. It can improve open talking, curiosity and questioning, healthier eating patterns and has even been shown to reduce weight gain. The alternative is everyone eating at different times and no one really connecting. Who knew meal planning could touch so deep, hey? (laughs) Uh, If your household is a busy one and you often find yourself at the end of the day saying, I'm exhausted, what am I going to cook for dinner? Or asking the family after you've all finally walked in the door, grumpy because it's been one of those days, what they want for dinner and an argument obviously ensues, (laughs) you then find it all too hard, am I right? And to decide to go out for takeaway again. Or just make up something quick, like toast. And trust me, listening to my clients, that's completely a thing. Well, a meal plan takes the guesswork out of what's for dinner and can be a godsend on those days when you can't be bothered or just don't want to even think about it. Sitting down to plan out what you'll be eating once a week for maybe 20 to 30 minutes can save you hours of angst during the week. It also allows the rest of the family to know without asking you what's for dinner on repeat. Plus, I suggest to families to get everyone involved in choosing the meals. If you've got kids at home, get them to pick one recipe they love or something they want to try for one night each week. Then there's fewer complaints. Let's be honest, they'll still find something to complain about occasionally. But because they have had an input, you're not going to hear, oh, I don't want that, in your child's best whiny voice every night. If those kids are old enough, I also like to encourage them to cook the recipe they choose one night per week. With your help, if required, it teaches them great skills, but it also teaches them that it's not easy to come up with different meals every night of the week and actually make them after a long day. It also means that depending on how many kids you might have, you can get a couple of nights off in the kitchen (laughs) or doing minimal work at least. It's also shown to make kids less fussy with foods. So if they have a hand in selecting the food and preparing that food, then they're less likely to again complain about it. If you are by yourself, then meal planning can save you a lot of money too. 
If you know what you need for your meals, including how many serves, the specific ingredients and time to prepare it, you can save your time and money. It also stops you buying discretionary food items when that wasn't your intention. If you are managing any chronic health conditions or food intolerances, sensitivities or allergies, then meal planning can be a great way of sticking to dietary requirements. It means that you aren't left in the moment, just come home and need something quick to eat that can lead to more convenient meals that might not comply with your dietary goals. Take a diabetic for example. They get hungry all of a sudden and the only thing they can grab and eat on the go is a piece of fruit. Now that might not seem like a big deal, but depending on what else they've eaten and their current health requirements, that piece of fruit might be enough to spike their blood sugars. If they had planned their snacks, they can better manage their blood sugars and their blood sugar needs, I should say, throughout the day. Or you might be following a keto diet for weight loss or a health condition. And that same piece of fruit, that's all that's on hand, sends your carb intake for the day too high. Meal planning keeps you prepared and able to manage your ideal and individual health needs much more easily. Boredom can easily set in with our meals too. When you're eating the same thing all the time, your diet likely is lacking variety and beneficial variety for your gut health. By meal planning, you can tailor it to include a weekly fiber-rich vegetarian meal once per week. Think meatless Monday. <laughs> or however you'd like to design it. You can also challenge yourself to try a new recipe weekly to give you some variety and that diversity. Without a plan, you're less likely to actually make any of those hundreds of recipes you either ripped out of magazines, took photos or screenshots of, or pinned to those Pinterest boards that you at some time or another wanted to try, <laughs> but for whatever reason, you haven't. Pick a day in your plan where you have a little bit more time up your sleeve because new recipes can take a little extra time. And that way you can regularly try a new recipe on that night. If you like it, add it to your rotation. If you don't, delete it and move on. If you're out to dinner or enjoy takeaway regularly, like once per month... <laughs> then put that in your plan. Meal planning can really help you avoid those convenience foods though, especially if that is your goal. So if you want to cut down, if you want to lose weight, if you want to avoid those for dietary needs, whatever it is, just by meal planning and being prepared from that plan, you can actually increase your home cooked meals, which will automatically improve your health because you know everything that's going into your food and portion sizes are more standard, not upsized. <laughs> so how do I meal plan for my clients? Firstly, I look at who needs to be included in the meal plan, the serving sizes needed, 
Is there one following the plan or a whole family? That's also not just how many people might be eating each meal either, but whether they want extra servings for leftovers for lunch. Leftovers mean less time in the kitchen. For those of you who also don't like cooking, I'm a big fan of cook once, eat twice. <laughs> that means less cooking, but also simplifies sticking to your eating goals as well. I also ask my clients what appliances they may or may not have, whether they've got slow cookers, thermomixers, blenders, food processors, uh, pressure cookers, air fryers, etc. <laughs> this is so that I can utilize what they have to making cooking easier and quicker. I also ask whether they like cooking and how much time is too much in the kitchen. Are they more of a batch cooker? Someone who would rather do a cook up on the weekend for the week ahead so that they have to just reheat and eat? Or do they love to cook and spend time in the kitchen? Are there any food allergies or sensitivities in the household? So it could be themselves or that a family member or somebody that they live with needs to avoid those foods. It's very important to look at these things. What does their day on a plate look like now? This is looking at their habits around foods. Do they skip breakfast? Uh, don't get a lunch break. Rather to have a big meal at lunch versus dinner time and so on. It can also look at what sort of meals they enjoy so that, they, so that I can suggest similar healthier versions which will mean a higher compliance from my clients as well. Importantly, I ask what foods they dislike or won't go near. This could be due to taste, texture, past trauma or habits. It may even be because they don't know how to cook or prepare it. And of course, I also look at what foods they love. Are they into salty or sweet foods? What is the one meal that they would love if they could have their heart desired. You'd be surprised at some of the answers I get actually for that one. If the person loves tacos of course I'm going to try and include a healthy taco recipe for them to show them that eating healthier doesn't have to be boring or bland. I then start putting meals together, balancing out ingredients to consider macronutrient makeup um, and nutritional overall nutritional makeup. Usually I put too much into my meal plans, <laughs> giving them extra snacks and everything. <laughs> At least that way I think they can have more options of what to eat when they're hungry, but they don't actually have to eat it all if they don't need it, of course. It's not easy to get the right feel for what's going to work for someone and help them reach their goals. Imagine going out to dinner with a group of seven people, say, that you've never met before and having to order their meal for them. <laughs> but I actually love it and really enjoy showing people how well they can eat while trying to lose weight, following a certain eating style, either managing a health condition, uh, maybe even eating for performance and so on. To hear clients say how much they love the food and how easy it was to follow is what makes it all worth it for me. So now 
I have shared how I go about it for my clients. I should tell you, it looks a little different in my own home. I plan a fortnight ahead of time because that's how I often do grocery shopping. We don't really eat a lot of takeaway, but I like to include a fake away night, which is usually a Friday night in our house. That night I might plan to cook some homemade pizza or tacos or something a bit more fun. Um, I only plan for our dinners. I don't plan for breakfast or lunch. I have a list of about 40 dishes that I go to when planning. If we try something new that we like, it goes straight onto that master list, which I have written in the back of my paper planner. Um, my meal planning is all done in my planner actually, so I can easily open it and know what I need to cook or meet to defrost for the next day or so on. A big thing for us at the moment is both of my kids are now working, so I note that down when meal planning and try to make the meal for that night more flexible to be eaten before they have to go to work or after. And if they are working at dinner time, I won't make one of their favourites because they complain <laughs> if they aren't here to eat it freshly cooked. <laughs> Other than that, it's pretty easy and standard really. So I've shared with you how I meal plan for clients and I've also sort of given you a bit of an insight into how I plan for my own family. Now I want to share some tips with you for making your meal plan work for you. When do you, the kids have sports? When do you work? Are there days that you're off? If you're coming home later, you'll have less time to do something on the to get something on the table and can choose faster recipes for those nights particularly. What equipment do you have handy? If you have a slow cooker you can utilize it on those days when you need to come home and have dinner ready to eat with very minimal finishing touches. Um, what meals do you want to plan? Does it need to include breakfast, lunch, dinner and snacks or do you just want to plan dinners for the week like I do. Do you want to make extra servings to have on hand for lunch? You might also just want to plan for Monday to Friday and be more flexible on the weekends. It needs to suit your individual needs. It needs to match your household and your family's requirements. Right up a master list of recipes is my next suggestion. Um, these are recipes that you or your household members really enjoy. I'd suggest at least 30 recipes on your list. That gives you a whole month's worth. Write down all your regulars and ask the family, your housemates, whoever, for their input. Their suggestions might actually surprise you. Then when you are ready to meal plan each week, Pull out the master list and just add them where it's suitable. It means you don't have to think about all of those recipes every single week. You've got them written down. Add a space regularly to your plan, whether once a week, once a fortnight or monthly, to try that new recipe and keep things interesting. 
no one wants to have food boredom it leads to hitting the drive-through instead I guess <laughs> once you have planned your meals look at what ingredients you already have and what you need from there you can write your shopping list and avoid blowing out your grocery budget on things that you already had or bought just because you were hungry at the time I mean we've all been to the supermarket for one thing and come home with 10 right and if all else fails contact me about getting a meal plan made up that might give you some pointers or some inspiration you can also download my free meal plan template I'll pop the link in the episode notes for you all once you have downloaded it either use it digitally to fill out or print it out fill it in and stick it to your fridge so everyone can see it and you'll hear far less what's for dinner (laughs) if you already are meal planning and it's not working for you it might be for one of these factors i've mentioned either missing or that you aren't in fact tailoring it to your needs making a plan based on what other people do what some influencer shared or that you think you should be doing none of those will work for you unless your life is a complete mirror of theirs rethink how it could work better for you what is it that i've mentioned here that your plan is missing hopefully there have been some helpful tips or some inspiration why you should be meal planning it really can improve your diet meaning more healthy food options but it can also save you a lot of money and cut down your food waste let me know if you have any further tips that I haven't shared and that might work for you pop them in the comments so that everyone can see them if you like this episode I'd love you to give it a like to let me know And please, if you have any suggestions on topics you'd like on the show, send me a message. I hope you all have a fabulous day and thanks for listening. You have been listening to the Evolved Health Podcast with your host, Brooke Archer. You can find me on your socials at Evolved Nutrition or go to my website evolvenutrition.com.au to work with me, check out my programs, delicious recipes and so much more. Thanks for listening.